Welcome to this latest edition of the First Voice podcast, brought to you by First Voice magazine, the official flagship magazine of the Federation of Small Businesses, and the go-to podcast for news, tips, and important information for small businesses and the self-employed. In this episode, we will be discussing the benefits of networking groups, as well as ways you can obtain services you might need to grow your small business by exchanging skills rather than paying for them, running a small business is tough and can at times feel isolating. What's more, uh, finding money to invest in growing or evolving your business from web design to legal advice, consulting services, and content creation can be an unwelcome additional expense. However, there are a growing number of small business networking hubs and forums that enable small business owners and sole traders to obtain support, share ideas, and swap strategies, uh, and a number of other sites that allow small business owners and entrepreneurs to exchange skills and resources, all of which provide opportunities to professionalize, develop, and grow. In this episode, I'm joined by two guests to discuss the benefits of joining networks and paying it forward, as it were, when it comes to skills. They are Kelly Baines, who founded the Nurture Network for Entrepreneurial Women in Business, and Rupert Lane, founder of Probo, a platform through which small businesses and the self-employed can swap skills and services with one one another. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, Kelly, I'll kick off with you, if I may. Um, Give us a quick overview, if you will, of Nurture Network and, and exactly what it does. Sure. Hi, John. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm really delighted to be here and excited for for today's discussion. So in my day job, I'm the co-founder of a content consultancy, Lemon Quarters, and we focus mainly on helping tech and financial services brands um, really have conversations on the things that matter to the people that matter most to them, so really their clients. And, you know, in that background, we, we have lots and lots of conversations with founders and business leaders about their working lives and how much they missed interacting with peers and sharing experiences and meeting new people. So myself and my co-founder, Mary Claire, we we were inspired to set up Nurture Network probably about six months ago now, so autumn 2021. And Nurture Network, it's an online networking hub for women in business, regardless of their age, the sector that they work in, the job role or their location within the UK. And we, we wanted to do was bring together women just to share their experiences, to mentor informally and, and learn from each other. So participants will sort of meet through a series of, of online and you know, hopefully in the future offline roundtable events. They're closed events. So we usually have about eight, eight people or so completely off the record and very free, free flowing conversations. And we also create some sort of supporting content and, and other online resources really designed to help just to inform, inspire, entertain. We run in a podcast series and, and we interview members on their career journey, their standout moments, their words of advice. So we've just over 500 women in the network now and um, we've just been really amazed at how quickly it's grown and, and how much the events and the content have sort of touched and, and resonated with people. I think it shows that there's a there's a sort of a real a demand and interest for, for sort of more informal uh, ways for people to get together and you know, we're obviously both, you know, completely delighted at, at these first steps. And we're now sort of on the second stage and we're speaking with some five companies about partnering with Nurture Network and you know, how we can support their sort of employer brand and, and highlight their support for, for more diversity and representation. So really the aim of, of Nurture Network is to help get more women in business a, a seat at the table. 
Yeah, that's great. And, you know, that demand that you touched upon there is reflected in the fact that there's all sorts of networking groups now and they seem to be gathering even more momentum. Why is that? What is the value that they add to members? Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I think principally, really, we, we're, we're just a social people and, you know, we've been two plus years of working from home. And I think that's really sort of, you know, brought that to the, the forefront, the lack of, of opportunities for people from know different walks of life to meet and share experiences you know that that classic water cooler moment of you know conversations that aren't necessarily 100% work related but as are, are professional in nature and and I think particularly for for small businesses and and entrepreneurs you know we can be it can be a lonely place and I think having a network or or a tribe where you can share your experiences you know get advice and and simply be heard it's it's a powerful it's a powerful thing and the way that we work is changing, and, and you know, I think at the, the sort of the increase in networking groups and having a greater focus on on building and, and being part of a of a community as a response to to that change. Uh, you asked about the, the value that networking groups can add to their members. I mean, we ask all of our members their feedback, and I think the most common response we get is around the idea that our events are, are sort of a space, a safe space. Where, where people can be sort of open and, and, you know, give them the ability to talk openly about pressing issues with other like-minded women. And, you know, first we want to celebrate and promote the, 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 you know, fantastic women that, you know, often are, are overlooked in business and entrepreneurship. And we want to provide a platform and give voice to, to share their stories. So I think it's those, those values, um, of, of sort of finding your own people is, is, is really what, so leads to, I suppose, the the increase in networking groups. Yeah, and you touched on the the COVID period that we've been through, and that that period where people couldn't quite have that face to face connectivity. Has that made these types of networking groups all the more important as people have been seeking, you know, support and guidance and advice from their peers? Yeah, certainly. I mean, that's definitely the the response that we get. I think we're still we're, we're slowly getting back to the office, but it's certainly still not. Um, full time, and it's 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 still. I think, I think that, that I think that the, sort of the way the, the way the world has changed is 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 definitely still with this. So I think COVID has sort of thrown into relief the need for sort of meeting people across different uh, with different experiences and sort of sharing that experience definitely. And you also mentioned Kelly that you know your your group uh, is for women from from all backgrounds. Um, but you know, amid this sort of growing awareness around the importance of equality and equal opportunities, just how important are networks like Nurture Network to give in specific groups the support they need to succeed? And, and just how do you do that? Yeah, I mean, for us, it was it was you know it was really important that we wanted to create a space that was was open to all women, regardless of you know their background and, and location, and that all of the networking and contact aspects that we do were free of charge. You know, we know there's, there's loads of networks, there's loads of groups that maybe might be limited to a particular type of profile, you know, the similar job level or similar location. And, and, and a lot of times these are paid for, which we sort of felt that there was space for, for another network that was was uh, sort of the opposite of that and uh you know was it was it wasn't excluding sort of the very people that might most benefit from from networking you know we're a network one by women for women and you know it's really great to see how how our members are able to support and lift each other and you know as i said before i think particularly for entrepreneurs it's it's just really important to have that sense that you're not alone and that there's others who can relate to your experiences and 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 share perspectives and advice and 
you know, we know that men and women in particular network differently. There's, there's been plenty of studies. So there was one from the National Academy of Science that found that men benefit most from sort of building quite broad networks, but more successful women have a broad network, but also a smaller inner network of women that they're close with. So we know that there's a need for, for sort of women's networks that, that are crucial for equality because they provide that close connection to other women um, who might encounter sort of similar struggles, while they're still diverse enough for, for personal and professional growth. Um, and also, I mean, there's plenty of stats. I'm, I'm, I'm sure all of our listeners will know them well around the skills gap and the lack of diversity and inclusivity, particularly within entrepreneurship. You know, 17% of business owners are women. Um, but female founders raised only 3% of VC funding in, in last year in 2021. And, you know, black female entrepreneurships got even less. They got 0.2% um, of funding. So, you know, we know the support and space is needed to help women and, and other groups, and in particular female entrepreneurs, succeed and, and to inspire and also be inspired. Yeah, great. And you've touched on some of the, the obvious benefits, you know, around sort of support and network and so on. If I'm a, a female small business owner and I'm thinking of joining a, a group like yours, you know, how, how's it going to support me on a practical level? What sort of things might I take away at a practical level that are going to help me with my business? Yeah, no, good question. I think, I mean, I think the power of sort of informal networking is that, you know, people are get to be, our members in particular have been super candid and, you know, shared so much of who they are and themselves and their experiences We've had things like job offers, you know, really tailored business advice, business deals. We've had some tears. We've had a lot of laughter during our events as well. And the members are able to bounce ideas off each other and know that, you know, we don't record these events and, and everything that's said in them is, is said in confidence. I think, I mean, without giving too much information away, we, we had a recent event where one of our members was explaining a challenge that she was having with some stakeholders at a company. And she was wondering whether she could, could, whether she should or could confront them around some everyday sexism that she was experiencing. And the participants around the table, they all had really different takes and really different experiences and ideas as to what she could or should do, and you know, they, which, which they were happy to share. And, and it made for a really rich and nuanced discussion around, um, around a, a topic that um, you know, is quite sensitive. And I think that bouncing of ideas, it's only really, impo- it's only really possible when you're in a room with, with like-minded people. Um, and whose own use of agendas is, is really to help and share. You know, we know that people have quite limited time in the calendar for career development. So I think making those genuine connections with, with people who, you know, are, are of, a, of, a, of a like-minded and similar experience sort of really kind of helps to fast track that. Yeah, great. And just finally on networking, Kelly, I mean, you know, we mentioned at the top that there's a, a lot more of these kind of networks um, sprouting now. Um, if I'm a small business owner or an entrepreneur, I want to go about sort of finding the right one for me. Are there things that I should consider or things that I can do in advance of joining that will help me get the most out of them, perhaps? Yeah, I think great question. And, and I think that one that's, I mean, it's probably really unique to each business owner situation. I mean, some general tips and ideas, I think, you know, first sort of start off by looking at, you know, what's missing in your business or your own personal development. You know, is it making a connection? Is it to learn new things? Is it to meet new people? And then I think on the flip side, think about, you know, the time and the cost commitment. So a network like ours is is low time, no cost, which is great, you know, to build up connections and meet women across, in in our case, different levels of seniority and experience. And then there's many, many other networking groups that might focus more on learning and business growth. And 
they may have a higher cost and a, a higher time commitment. So it's sort of about addressing, I guess, internally first where, you know, where you get the most benefit from and, you know, word of mouth is always a great way to, to find your tribe and, you know, those people that will lift you up. So as colleagues, partners, you know, social media, I love a good Facebook group and there's, you know, there's a Facebook group for everything now. And, and hey, if you don't find one that suits, maybe just even consider creating your own one. That's a brilliant message. Thanks, Kelly. That's really, really interesting. Rupert, I'll come across to you, if I may. Um, a big part of networks is is sharing ideas, and or a big part of networking is sharing ideas and, and making connections. Probo is a, a slightly different type of site, isn't it? Tell us how it works and what inspired you to set that up. Hi, John. Well, yeah, firstly, thanks very much for having me on. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, the inspiration for, for setting Probo up in the first place actually came from, from personal experience. Um, I found myself setting up my own small business during the, the depths of the, uh, the pandemic. Um, and actually, I come from a, a corporate background. And what's, you know, what struck me really, really hard when doing this was that there are, there's so many areas um, of running a small business where you can't be an expert. Um, and you, you slightly have to make it up as you go along. And this, this obviously, you know, creates quite a high level of, of risk and, 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 you know, the risk of getting it wrong can have, you know, quite big implications for your business along the line. So, uh, when I was doing this, I, you know, I found myself reaching out to, to, to my network. Um, and I was really overwhelmed by the levels of, of, you know, help and, and goodwill that I received. And what I realized through doing this was that actually a lot of the goodwill that we were all experiencing in everyday life, particularly during the pandemic, was now spilling over into the into the business world as well. The problem I had with that was that, you know, the, the help I was getting was was limited to my own network. And I guess, um, you know, we, we we all have our own, you know, um, professional networks um, through through social media. But very often the people that we're connected to will actually have quite similar skills and experience to our own, which is not necessarily what you need when you're trying to run your own small business. So I, I thought about this in the context of the sharing economy and, and saw, you know, how it's changed, how we travel and how we buy and, and ultimately, you know, where we stay. And I thought, well, why couldn't this, couldn't the sharing economy be used to help um, businesses on a kind of B2B level as well? So what I decided to do was to create an environment um, where that, Business goodwill could be could be managed constructively across the board. Um, ultimately, after you know, free professional peer to peer help, you know, whenever you need it. Okay, and, you know, a lot like networking sites, there's plenty of these sort of sites and forums sprouting up that allow businesses to post needs for skills and services, um, and to sort of put a call out for help. When you were setting up Probo, um, you know, did you see there was real demand for these type of sites right now? Are they really essential to helping small businesses grow and develop? Yeah, I think so. Small businesses drive the UK economy. Um, so they're absolutely critical because cash flow often prevents small businesses from accessing the help that they need. And that ultimately risks their, their own success. And this isn't because they, they lack talent or drive. Um, it's because no one can be an expert in everything it takes to start and run a small business. So I felt that, you know, there are a lot of existing channels um, uh, out there, but I personally felt that, that these often have big challenges themselves. Um, there are a lot of forums out there where, you know, questions get posed on a business level and these often get followed by, um, you know, multiple answers in the same thread. And these often kind of can become quite contradictory. And unfortunately, in, in some cases, they become confrontational, um, which is unfortunately the nature of social media. 
Um, they also often become um, environments where businesses ultimately try and sell their products and services. And I think, you know, as a small business owner, when you, you know, when you are a bit cash strapped, that's sort of not what you're looking for. What I found was that the most help, the most useful help I received was when it was on a one-to-one basis, where I was able to engage for a few minutes with someone who had the exact skills and experience um, I needed to answer the questions that 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 I, you know, that I had. Um, and so, you know, what I wanted to do was create you know, a much more sort of personalized environment um, where people can engage on a much more direct basis with each other. Yeah, and I guess, you know, sort of skills and service exchange sites often require someone to give something up in return for what they're receiving from from somebody else. A small business is going to have to commit to giving up their own valuable time or, or services to, to leverage skills and services from others. How exactly does that work on Probo? Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, that, that, that idea of having to give up too much time is, is, is a challenge um, for any business. Um, and so the idea of Probo is never to replace paid work, but it's to fill the gap where, you know, businesses need a few key pointers, but don't have the cash flow to pay for it. And for an ex, you know, if, if you're looking for someone to help you, an expert in whatever field the question, you know, you're asking, um, it would, it would, it just requires, you know, a couple of minutes of their time to make sure that the recipient is working along the right lines, um, and not making simple, but often very costly mistakes. So, so, you know, when I relate this back to Probo, you know, how it works is anybody who's registered on the site in a simple registration process can post a question and we call these question probit requests. Um, and then anyone who thinks that they're well placed to help can post an answer, you know, simple answer. Um, but unlike many of the business forums out there, the answer doesn't immediately become public. Um, as you know, there may be more than one person who, who offers to answer. And then the recipient can choose who they feel is best placed to engage with. Uh, and either simply accept the answer, which can then be made public if they choose, or alternatively continue that conversation on a one-to-one basis through Probo's internal messenger system. Um, then at the end of the process, um, at the end of the conversation, members have a chance to, to rate the experience, which will then contribute to each user's overall profile, um, which will then be detailed on their own personal profile pages. And then others can use that information to decide whether they're the best person to engage with in the future. Um, so, you know, uh, sort of taking it back a step, I think as a society, we're seeing a really dramatic increase in the desire for people to give something back ultimately by paying it forward across all aspects of life. So as well as, as, as providing users with, you know, the vital help and expertise for their own businesses, what it's doing is it's enabling them, you know, enabling them the opportunity to do this, in a, you know, to give it back in a truly meaningful way. Thanks, Rupert. We've talked about small businesses helping one another through these sites, but what about the role of big businesses? Do they have a, a role to play here in helping smaller businesses to develop? How can smaller businesses leverage the experience of those that are bigger than them? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. Um, increasingly, larger businesses are making commitments within their CSR and ESG policies that, that, that they want to support small business. Um, but I think the question is, you know, what does, does this actually mean in practical terms um, so that it's not just a sort of woolly commitment that doesn't mean anything? Um, how do they keep it on an even playing field? And then ultimately, how do small businesses access this help? So our aim at Probo is to is to encourage larger businesses to work with us um, to provide members with certain levels of of help and support across their own various departments, and that could be anything you know finance, marketing, HR, IT, whatever. And in doing so, help them to fulfil their CSR commitments they've made in a really meaningful way, um, in a really tangible way, 
and, and in a way that can genuinely make a difference to the entrepreneurial and small business community. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, and just finally on this, Rupert, you know, how do you see this type of skills and services sharing activity playing out as we move forward? Is it the type of thing that's likely to grow in popularity? Will we see more of it? I, I think it's absolutely inevitable that we will. We're, we're currently in, and I think, you know, um, entering more so into a really, really tough business environment. The, the high levels of, of inflation we're seeing at the moment, you know, potentially going to get higher. Margins are going to get tightened. And, and so it's inevitable that small businesses and SMEs are going to be looking increasingly for ways to make themselves more efficient without increasing costs. And I think, you know, um, you know, get, getting help from others is a way in which that's going to happen. But I think technology has also got a really big part to play here. Um, you know, whereas in the past you might have had, let's say, for example, an HR specialist who set up their own consultancy and is, but is in desperate need of a few hints and tips about the best way to, to grow their business. And then you might have, you know, business development specialist elsewhere who had exactly the skills uh, they needed to help them. But it's unlikely they'd have ever had the opportunity to find each other. Um, what Probo is doing is using that technology to get, you know, alongside the sharing economy to make sure that those connections can happen and that small businesses can have, you know, the best chances they need to succeed. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks, Rupert. And thanks, Kelly, as well, for that brilliant walkthrough how small businesses and the self-employed can harness advice, confidence and skills from networks and exchange sites. That was really interesting. Um, thank you also to our audience for listening. While I have your attention, I would just like to remind you that you can subscribe to the First Voice podcast to receive regular updates and guidance on the big issues affecting small businesses. And do please also remember that you can find a whole host of additional webinars, podcasts, and other content on the First Voice website at firstvoice.fsb.org.uk. Many thanks. 